Welcome to the first Aloha Friday recording for the new year. Happy 2021. Ha'oli makahiki ho. Isn't that beautiful? Everything sounds so much better in Hawaiian. I just, <laughs> I, I think so. And you say it so well. Um, so now we are going to talk about... Oh, I need to set an attention. Right. I have some attention. Okay, so because it's the new year, I want to just say um, I want to wish all of us a very wonderful 2021. I'm already feeling like it's hopeful um, already, and I'm so excited that there's this vaccine coming out. There's several vaccines. Um, I just hope everybody is so healthy in 2021. I hope that everybody is prosperous. I look forward to the world economy getting back on track and hopefully opening up travel once again. And uh, I hope that everybody just has a very, you know, new sense, new lease on life. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying they want to kind of reinvent themselves. Uh, of course, they want the same things. Having the world basically put back on the on the track that it was on we were doing okay until everything sort of kind of uh unraveled for a bit there shut down shut down <laughs> um, well i was trying to be a little bit nicer and say unraveled but <laughs> things unravel we shut down we're still kind of in that shutdown phase i uh, but hopefully things start rolling back up around the summertime because i feel like you know that's when all the winter sort of cold and flu and all those things go away and hopefully covid will follow um, but it's been a really interesting year. I'm glad to shut the door on it. With 2021 on the horizon, looking back, what is the most profound and meaningful uh, event or um, basically something that has happened in 2020 that was wonderful and amazing? Could you share that with us? So in 2020... um I, as everything um, was shutting down, um, I was just so grateful to have my family all come back home. And in that quarantine um, time, we all just kind of rebonded and reacquainted ourselves as the new individuals that we are. My children are, are older now. And um, it was just so... Um, rewarding to spend that time together as a family again and uh if i'm grateful for anything it's it's just that i they're healthy we're all healthy and um you know even in the middle of uh all of this um and the scariness of just going out to get your groceries just because of the potential of you know catching the coronavirus was so scary but um we came together and we made it work and now I'm just so excited that I got to see this part of my children's lives um and I'm excited to see us you know we're all kind of reinventing how we're going to go forward and that actually even this podcast came out of that you know it was like I was in the middle of reinventing <clears throat> another online um business but this is actually so exciting and I'm really having a great time and it wouldn't have happened without coronavirus and the shutdowns and you being available all of a sudden. 
right? I don't. I can't think of an actual world event that occurred that was like super positive for everyone. You know, like everybody on. It's almost like the Olympics or like, I don't know, something amazing happens like where everybody kind of comes together. Uh, you know, somebody said the other day, the only way the world will come together is if we have a common thing that we have to mm-hmm. uh, face an adversity together. And I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting because we we as a world have come together several times, but it's really the Olympics. That's the one thing that really sticks out for me because we are celebrating every country and athletes that are representing us, but also representing different um, identities as well. And mm-hmm. they... Mm-hmm. And that is a time of acceptance and everybody's like basically on the same playing field. And so I think we missed that when Tokyo Olympics got delayed for a year is that we didn't mm-hmm. have that for 2020 to come together, root for our countries, uh, root for other countries, too. I mean, there's plenty of us who yep. watch other sports in other countries that were just like such diehard fans for and we didn't get that. And so that's why probably I'm having a hard time recalling events i mean most of the events i watched uh they were basically isolated to that country so a lot of countries Mm -hmm. were just having their own events that were only open to people who either pass quarantine or live in that country so a lot of our u.s athletes were competing against each other but they don't get to compete against other people before they go to the olympics so it's it's such a different year for everything everywhere and I was just hoping that you would be able to uh, think of something because you're usually super on it with the positivity vibes. And oh, things. oh, my God. I do know the environment around the planet has gotten so much healthier. It really has. I mean, the sections of uh, our oceans have cleared up and the coral reef has been coming back it's been absolutely beautiful there's been wildlife coming back in certain areas um i actually am really excited that there was a little bit of healing for the planet i i remember seeing pictures of like major cities around the world that have smog problems and how the air is clear and clean yeah, I think, well, just like everybody, even our electronics, we all need a reset sometimes or a break. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at some of the pictures of Hanama Bay mm-hmm. and when they shut it down, I mean, it came back. The wildlife re- reclaimed what was theirs. And, and it makes me kind of sad that they're opening up again. But at least Hawaii did ban sunscreens with like two chemicals in it that are known to destroy the reef. And that would be really yeah. great, you know in the future and hopefully you know with the pandemic and everything we sort of take a step back and look at the environment and maybe it does need a break every so often or a limitation on how many people can be in a certain area because it's it's beautiful but once it's gone it's gone you know yeah we have to take care of it we definitely do um i think a lot more people are have changed and shifted their whole careers to be more work at home. And I think that's going to actually help to keep the environment, um, keep healing and not put, be such a heavy footprint on our planet. Almost everybody Um, I've talked to though, who work at home, they miss their offices. 
And what's really funny is when they were going to their offices, they were always like, I don't want to go to my office. I don't want to go to work. Mm -hmm. I would love to just work from home all the time. And now that they're working Mm -hmm. from home, they're like, I want to go to work. I miss seeing people. I miss grabbing my morning coffee. I was like, why don't you just go to your kitchen and grab your morning coffee? It's not the same. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, not all of us have the luxury of working from home. Mm -hmm. Almost like, I mean, the majority of jobs, when I think about it, not a lot of them can be done from home. Like the the whole economy would shut down if we were all working from home. True. I don't even know who would be running the hospitals or. Yeah. Well, I think that that's why you choose a career path that's in alignment with who you are. So if you want to be at home, then reinvent your life so that you can do it. I mean, there are job opportunities in every field at the moment to work at home. It's true. And I think a lot of the economies around the world are going to to offer that in some aspects. So, you know, don't don't um, give up on it if if that's what you like. There's you could work for different companies, even internationally, you know. Everybody has a skill set. Everybody needs something. And, you know, everybody has their own unique talents that many businesses could absolutely benefit from. So, you know, why not? Why not take that that leap and reinvent yourself? I know a lot of people are trying to take up Hawaii's offer to have a free round trip ticket if they stay there for 30 days and work remotely. And like the Cayman Islands said that if you make over $100,000 a year, you are more than welcome to come down there and live there. Because everything's so shifted to remote, you know, work that a lot of these exotic vacation places are suffering because they don't... A lot of people moved away from Hawaii, uh, especially Mm -hmm. with Waikiki shutting down and there's no more restaurants or the restaurants are closing. It's very hard to keep people uh, living there because of the cost of living. So they're trying to get people from the mainland to come over and and work because the internet is great over there. (laughs) All the telecommunications and such. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's different though. I, I caution some of my friends who are working remotely who are like, I'm going to go live in Hawaii. It's going to be great. I'm like, but don't expect it to be the Hawaii you used to know, because a lot of the places that are, that were like really great are not there or they're shut Mm -hmm. down. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, the the big shutdowns, we lost a lot of businesses, a lot of long time businesses. They just couldn't make it. Yeah, it's so hard when when I think about all the small shops that I would go to or go up to the North Shore and there's those little boutiques and things. They didn't make it. I mean, it was just hard to get what you have so many tourists go every year. What is it like two, three million or more? I actually don't even know the number, uh, but I don't, I don't even know the number. It's but I mean um, the tourists alone from Japan, right? Japan and China. Oh yeah. I mean that was your major source of income for the whole mm-hmm. island. For like the Hawaii tourism is like seventy five percent of the economy or whatnot, and mm-hmm. that's a lot when you think about you just cut off your lifeline, and yeah, I mean importing exporting that stuff kind of shut down for a little while too. I mean, yeah. what does Hawaii do it when they don't it- have? resources because everything is important yeah it made it difficult we're very um we're in a precarious situation in hawaii because everything is imported Mm -hmm. everything most of our food our groceries it's imported um we export a lot too our fish our we have the expensive beef growing on the big island and we export that out to the 
companies and countries and businesses that can afford mm-hmm. it. Um, we actually don't Pineapples, get to enjoy a lot of that here. Macadamia nuts. Yep. <laughs> it's all it's all exported. Our coffee. Speaking of, um, side note, if you ever want free macadamia nuts, but you got to work for it, go to the macadamia nut farm. <laughs> it's you know it's a little bit further away. It's over by Koalau Ranch, I believe, on the way that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, if you go in the back, you can pick up a few macadamia nuts that are in the shell, and and beat yeah. them with a stone like they did the old fashioned way. Now you got to watch out for the chickens there because they will eat. Your macadamia nut before you get to it. I'm speaking from experience. They're fast. But they are quick and they want you to work for it and they will be more than happy to pick your shells. Um, But if you want free macadamia nuts, unsalted, all natural, organic, that is a place to go because they will let you eat as many as you want. (laughs) But yes, everything is... I'm too lazy for that. Everything is is import. I mean, Amazon... Luckily, you know, if I order something from Amazon, it would come in like three, four days. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in Hawaii. Well, no, and Amazon, Amazon would come in a couple days for me, depending on what you order. Of course, they need a distribution yeah, warehouse there. <laughs> they need it on some island. If they were like, "Hey, I, I want think... you to come run this warehouse and uh, Amazon warehouse mm-hmm. distribution center in Hawaii," I'd be like, "Yes, yes, please." <laughs> I think there was a thing about Amazon and the taxes that they charge if they have a distribution warehouse in your area. Not that Hawaii's taxes are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, our sales taxes are four and a half percent or five, four and a quarter. I think it's four, four and a quarter for certain things, but there are certain things you guys yeah. don't charge tax for. I remember looking at my receipt. Like maybe it could have been some food, um, but there's a tourist ta- tourism tax. The hotel's taxes some, are some- crazy. Yeah, um, we get charged. Actually, you don't know this, but um, Hawaii residents, we get charged twice because when things come in, the business that brings them in gets charged the tax and they pass that tax on to us. And then we get taxed again wow. on the sale Well, wow. and the purchase. It's good to not so, be a resident sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. You got to pay a lot to live here. You do have to pay a lot. <laughs> Surprisingly, the property tax is lower than what is in Texas and California for sure. Um, they keep raising the property values though, and that's how they get their money. You guys are running out of room. The only way is to go up. It's just like those. Yeah. What do they call them? Like some kind of. Oh, I better not say that on podcast. But <laughs> okay. there are there are these huge houses that people just keep building upwards, uh-huh. and they kind of ignore like the. I don't know. They, they didn't get the permit or something, or there. Actually, there's a certain limit to how high some buildings right. can be in certain areas. In Hawaii specifically, there are very strict um, building codes in Hawaii. You can't build uh, higher than 25 feet um, for our private residents, um, and then there to even get uh, a condo or a two or three story unit building is very difficult to um, get past or um we have we have such limited land and there are areas where your view is protected Mm. so you're not allowed to like block your neighbor's view if you know they own they might own that it's it's kind of interesting in certain areas (laughs) i remember down in um kailua they they were building some condos and then they were looking to build Mm -hmm. more kind of on that corner of 
what's that back street? It's not Oneyava, but the other street with the speed humps or whatever. Uh, it's not. Is it Hamakua? Maybe. Hamakua I, I, there was yeah. like a corner. They were going to build like a bunch of condos there. And it was kind of the sketchy area. Yeah. Yeah. The, they couldn't because they found out it was like, um, it's like wetland protected. Oh. Can't build on wetland protected. I got to say thank you to President Obama. He did a lot of, um, protections of lands around the islands and our islands they extend quite far and they're all of those little islands um they're all protected under um uh like nature preserve or something gotcha well there's a lot of um i think there's a lot of like remnants from the war as well so the islands can be very dangerous like the further ones out yeah yeah and i mean you don't want to be going over there even in uh kailua like the bay like off of lanikai and all that there's like a down plane out there that you can that uh sunken airplane is was around wartime but it wasn't actually shot down it just crashed it was uh it was an engine failure and the pilot um bailed and they had to like go retrieve all the ordnance that was on it Mm. And uh, all the things off of it. But it's it's only about 15 feet, 15, 20 feet deep. So really easy to dive down and see it. Especially on a calm day. It's scattered. Yeah, on a calm day. Because it's in the surf zone. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't, be super you flat can't really go day. diving for yeah. it. Yeah, it's got to be a flat, flat day. Uh, early morning is best. Low tide, of course, also best. Mm-hmm. There's definitely mm-hmm. so many different things you can do i kind of miss i remember surfing in between the mokes so there's these twin islands that are out there and they're called the mokaluas but we call them the mokes Mm -hmm. and i loved surfing between them on the one man but i remember Uh eating it one time on a wave like just hoolied like hot mess trying to find land again but it was some good times i have a scary story okay of surfing over there so it was like um, we had four canoes out. We had our morning group and we we're out surfing and we we're having a great time in my boat. We only had uh, one. We only had four, four out of six people. So we had two empty seats, but because um, it was two women, two men, we had enough power to surf. And I remember we were catching the best waves and everybody was jealous of us in the other boats. And all of a sudden we were coming around to line up for another one. And we had just, uh, we were just getting there. And um, this one wave went down and we were in the trough of it as all of a sudden this wave just was there. Uh-oh. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, it was it was an uh oh, and the girl and lady in front of me, I was like, "Oh my God, please paddle, just paddle, paddle. We're just gonna go somewhere." But there was nothing. It actually scooped us up, <laughs> and we we so the bottom of our canoe is coming up, and when it came down, we crashed upside down head oh, first. Oh no, that's the worst. Yep, that one that one hurt a lot, and I swear. So if our canoe was standing up on it. It was as long as our canoe. And our canoe is 40, 40 feet, feet yeah. long. So 40, 45 feet. But I don't know how they measure the surf heights actually. Um, I so forget. you went vertical. Like, 
we weren't vertical. We were sideways to it and it came and it scooped us up. Oh, okay. So it kind of flipped you like a pancake. It flipped us like, like a straight pancake. up. Yeah, hooey, hooey chicken. Up. Like no lie. Yeah. As it's sucking water up, <laughs> we got sucked up into it. And then we went all the way to the top though. And then it came down like the worst roller coaster. They call coaster it the Hawaiian ever. roller coaster. Like waves are Hawaiian roller yeah. coasters. That's hilarious. I could just imagine that. Um, I, I, if I was watching that occur, I'd be like, oh, the hooey, hooey chicken right there. Who wants breakfast? How deep do you think the inside of the canoe hole is? Maybe At least a foot. two feet? At least a foot and a half. Yeah. So I initially, when I came up, I went up on the inside of the mm-hmm. canoe and I thought there would be a pocket of air. No. There's, there's no pocket of air. It was all water. And so I come out. And At least you were calm enough to come I, out. Like most people would just drown. They would give up. No, I was, I, I, my, when I hit ground the first time, my feet hit the sand. Oh. And so that's, that's more than, that's like at least 20 that's feet a panic. deep. It was because it was, <laughs> it was, and it was a long way to swim yep. up. And so when I swam up and I popped up inside of the canoe, I was like, what the? Where's the light? <laughs> there's no Am air. Where's the air? That's yeah, why, no... that's why when we, um, in that other story, when we, fl- we were flipped, that's why yeah. um, I'm going to call her Apple. She was like, I'm blind. <laughs> I'm blind. Like, I can't see. And I'm like, dude, you're under the boat. Like, relax. But she had a pocket of air. That she must have had a pocket from. of air because she totally was yeah. screaming. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm right here. It's fine. You're good. You're inside. Yeah, the you're boat. good. Get you're out. good. Come on. <laughs> swim. Yeah. So I swam out from underneath that boat. And as soon as I looked up to gasp air, another wave pounded me in the face and i went back down i was like and you're touching the ground that you know what i have never flipped and touched the ocean floor so that's really actually very scary because you just never know how deep you are in the ocean and i mean anybody knows if you try to dive like you feel that pressure like pressure yeah because and people are it's always uh you know very uh what is it just it's hard to estimate like how deep you are until you start feeling how yeah. much pressure is like pushing on you when you go down. And it's really hard on your yep. lungs. I mean, especially yep. when you're, when we were training and stuff, I remember one time just oh. for fun, Apple and I yeah. would grab a rock and we would like walk under the water. That's hard stuff. It's yeah. hard work. That is hard. Scary. That's crazy. I hate doing those. But I understand now and I really appreciated all the damn sprints that we did for hours and hours and hours. Because if it wasn't for that kind of training, I don't think my lungs would have handled Probably it. Not. <laughs> Probably not. And, and yeah, you know, but... there's always stories like this person drowned in Hawaii or this person because they panic. There's a lot of panic that occurs, especially when you're barrel rolling in a wave and stuff. And that's why a lot of surfers, a lot of yeah. divers and things like that, they practice holding their breath for a very long time because you just never know. Yeah. And the number one thing that they do is they tuck and roll, like protect their head because the, you know, the reef and the yep. rocks, but they also calm themselves by tuck and rolling. Yeah. Because if you start to panic, yep. flash and, and uh, flash, flail. You're going to swallow a lot of water. You drink the ocean. And we talked about what's in yep. the ocean with the whales <laughs> we don't drink. being huge and, and the fish and the, the turtles <laughs> that will just poop on you when they feel like it. You know, it's just a lot. So keep your mouth yep. shut. Just tuck and roll, <laughs> relax. You're going to float. Hold your breath. You're going to float. Eventually, yeah. you'll come up. Take a good deep breath. Relax. Protect yeah. your head. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
I that was actually the one of the scariest moments that I had on the ocean. I just imagine touching the ocean really, floor after being flipped. I would panic. A I know bit internally. The, there was like a moment where time stopped, and I'm like, I'm on the floor. <laughs> I'm, I can feel the sand in it's my not toes. Good. This is not right. <laughs> you only want to feel the sand in your toes when you're standing on the beach. You know, a little bit on the safe, beach, close to distance. the shore. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, a lot of people also always ask me, you know, what's your encounters like with sharks? Because, you know, you hear in the stories, like, man bitten by shark, mm -hmm. man bitten by shark mm -hmm. swimming, man bitten by shark surfing. I'm like, woman bitten by shark. I'm like, everybody has been, like, panicked and fear the ocean because they're like, the shark is going to bite me. And I'm like, only if you look good and appetizing. <laughs> like, I remember one time we were out in the middle of the ocean and uh, we... We were doing changes in the water, so just basically mm -hmm. shark bait in the water. And my coach, yep. the same one that flipped us, you know, yeah. she was like, "They they don't like dark meat. They like they like white meat." And so <laughs> Apple, who is actually um, the, the fairest, fairest of, them, of all. them all, let's just call her that. She <laughs> she literally was like, "Hey, what does that mean?" And we're all like swimming away from her as fast as possible. <laughs> like nobody said anything. We just all looked at her and we were like, "Swim away," you know. <sighs> Uh, but there was a there were a few times with races like you know we would hear that tiger sharks are following the boat. People have been attacked mm -hmm. by hammerheads on their one mans. Hammerhead hammerheads mm -hmm. are not known to attack humans, but they will attack a canoe with a human on it. Yeah, and they usually yeah like they, I... like the name says they will they will hit they will butt your boat until you flip off of it. But their mouths are not really yeah. like shaped to bite you unless they're really hungry. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great whites, not really. I've been I've been hit and bumped. I've had the canoe bumped and you see the shark come up. I think they're just I don't know if their vision is so good and they just kinda like bump into things all the time. Well they they cannot stop swimming or else they'll die. Yeah. So I think they just maybe they come and bump just to see if it's like a tasty buffet, if there's some diversity up there, a little bit of white meat, whatnot. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I've I've seen a couple sharks before. I try not to think about it when I'm making changes because I know that if I project that energy into the water, it's like an echo location, right? Like girl in the water I, that I, fears I that. the uh, sharks is, you know, chilling out in the water. It's time for, you know, Chinese food yeah. or whatever. Um, stay confident. <laughs> stay confident. Keep your keep your cool. Stay confident. Just do your business. It's like you got to get, get in and get, get out. out. It's not yeah. your, the you yeah. know. It's not the world's your oyster at that moment. It's like, get out of the yeah. ocean. I'm always afraid of these big squids. Like, more than sharks, I'm afraid of the giant mm -hmm. squid. I've never seen anything big here in Hawaii. Yeah, but they live at, like, Thank deep God. ocean depths. They kill sharks. I know. They eat sharks. And I'm, I've seen them in museums, and I'm like, if that creepy eye, like, was, like, <laughs> right here on me, you know, in my face, I'd be like, no. I'm good. I'm done. Pow. I'm out. Like, creepy big squid. I do love squid, though. It tastes okay. so good. You know what? Calamari is bomb.com, <laughs> but still, if it's alive and it's looking at you or like a tasty morsel, it's time to go. Like, no more ocean. For <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah. That, yeah. That's rough. Stay close to shore. Just, Just stay, stay close, close to shore. shore. Stay in the yeah, shallows. Stay well, mmm. The Portuguese man of war is like really like shallow water. So if you ever see yeah, like but a purple, they're not going to eat you. Balloon little <laughs> thing in the in the on the sand, like chill it. Don't touch it. 
mm-hmm. and stay away from it because its tentacles yeah. are like far reaching. Yeah. If you really want to be kind, though, you scoop them up with a stick and you dig a hole way up high and you bury them. So deep, not someplace somebody's gonna put their towel and sit on it. What does that do? Well, so they die, but you got to pop the bubble. You got to pop the bubble with a stick and then go and drag their tangly tentacles. If I can describe my facial expression, it's like a look of horror. So basically you are popping, (laughs) murdering the Portuguese man of war. Yep. Portuguese man of war. There is, for those of you that They are plentiful. They are plentiful. You know, I have gone paddling and I swear people are... Because we see them all the time on the water. People would paddle their paddles into the water. And the paddles, the blades themselves are sharp. And I know that, you know, they'd paddle and then they'd switch sides. And drips of water not only fall off their paddle, but I felt like tentacles of broken bits of manowar. Because it would be like stinging sensations on your toes and your feet every once in a Ooh, while. Ooh, that is so true. I never thought of that. You don't wear shoes in the boat. Is. There's people... some people who wear shoes in the boat. And I said, no, no. I I should should have taken the advice of one of my paddler friends and wore shoes on the boat. Well, it's specific types of shoes, like the the toe kind. Yeah, you got to wear the water. Yeah, water but don't wear down. like Jesus sandals into the boat. That's just wrong. I've seen people paddleboard yeah. with Jesus sandals on, and I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, I don't care how <laughs> cool they are or what kind of tan lines they leave you. Yeah, not not a good look. Not a good look. Yeah, that's just gonna get lost in the ocean. That's just adding garbage to the ocean. It's not even that. It's just, it's like a, it's such a, you lose it's everything. such a faux pas to wear shoes on a paddleboard or in the canoe, unless they're like water shoes, you know, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you do lose everything. I have, I've lost a few phones to the ocean. I've lost, oh my God, I've lost so much money on the ocean. <laughs> at least three, three brand new cell phones. They were all new at the time. Yep. I lost, uh, I had this beautiful necklace, uh, this pendant. I lost, that came flying off. Was that during a Got, hooli? can't wear jewelry on the ocean. Uh, yeah. I used to wear earrings when I paddled races and stuff. And everybody's like, those are going to fall off. I'm like, nah, I think they'll be okay. I never lost those and I never lost my contacts. Thank goodness I have LASIK surgery, but LASIK. <laughs> I had LASIK surgery, yeah. but I would never lose my contacts. Even when I put my eyes open and I don't know why I open my eyes when I jump into the ocean. Like there's no point. There's nothing to see. There's no point. There's nothing to see. I have a video it's just... that I will probably share one day. It's literally like me jumping off the off the moving boat and like doing this uh-huh. like spin roll thing and you see like little legs that are like wah 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 because everybody's <laughs> like around me like treading water. It's hilarious, but I will yeah. probably have to share that one, but I have a lot of videos of like water changes and stuff and looking back at it now i'm like man i was really dangerous when i was doing this stuff like <laughs> i don't know why we did such dangerous things. i don't know who the hell talked me into this stuff but it's dangerous <laughs> i'm like i could have died multiple times we you were died. there when i almost died the first time no with the boat no not with not the, boat, with the boat sorry that was the first time where i had to call my mom in the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. and be like hey i gotta go to the hospital when i get there and people were looking yeah. at me like I was Frankenstein because my face was all jacked up. Good thing you didn't attract any sharks with all that blood. There was a lot of blood on the boat. It was bad. It was like real bad. I wasn't bleeding. I was like internally bleeding. But there were people who were like banged up, cut up. And, you know, I remember uh, her name. She goes by Consti. 
she like flew off the back of the boat. And we lost her for a little while. I mean, the ocean is a scary place. <laughs> and then you're like going by China walls and you're hearing everybody crying because it echoes off of yeah. China walls. And you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. everybody's going to die. We're all going to die. Yeah. The ocean yeah. is unforgiving at some t- at some points. Very unforgiving. Yeah. But then you have those rewarding experiences. Like, I think you've done this race, too. The one on the big island where you come into, um, you go from Kona to... Is it to, the Queen Liliokalani? Yeah. And you come into uh, uh, now. It's beautiful. And it's just a sacred, sacred space. and it's... But that's an iron race. That's when you iron it the whole way. You don't have to make changes. It was. You don't die. You don't have the potential And I like, I, I'm, I'm like a, what do you call it? Like a stamina athlete where I can just go for long distances. I, yeah, I can, I can do that easily. The shifts, I mean, the, the changes and the sprints that I don't do well. So I just know that I'm, I'm much better for just an iron. Like that took us four hours to get from one side to the other. I've also ironed from Maui to Lanai and back. It's beautiful. That was also really beautiful. I think everybody, if you have the passion and you have this particular mindset, I mean, I put it into like almost like a prayer sort of meditation zone because you're just paddling and you're doing a rhythm and you're in it. And I mean, the ocean's around you and you you look at things. I mean, I could I used to be able to read the ocean, you know, just the way it rippled or the way it was like pushing us forward. I was like, oh, look, we're getting pushed forward or oh, shit, we're going to hooli, you know, like. The ocean can yep. tell you so many things. The wind, where the sun is, like what yep. time it is and things. I mean, there's just so many races like paddled and I'm like, all right, the sun was up. Now it's above me. Oh, crap. Now it's setting. <laughs> like it's getting longer and longer. Some of these races are hard. Like they're just, they just go for Oh, the Molokai Hoi for sure. Oh, gosh. I try to tell people like, yeah, I would huh? paddle for like six to eight hours, but I'd be up for like 16 to 20 hours. And they're like, holy shit, what is that like? And I'm like, it's awful. But as long as I get Kentucky Fried Chicken at the end or some kind of fried chicken. I remember Mm -hmm. uh, one race, Liz brought me uh, a whole bucket of fried chicken at the end of the race. I didn't care about anybody. I was just like, I was sunburned. I had this nasty like tan line from my sunglasses. And I just sat down in the middle of the grass at the Hilton. And I just was eating Mm -hmm. fried chicken like in heaven. And... uh, (laughs) I remember that one time those, you know, we broke down, the escort broke broke down and people were eating my Snickers, mm-hmm. my, you know, drinking my Starbucks double shots, <laughs> Coke, PBJs, yep. Poi. What else did they? Yeah. They freaking brought like taro and sweet potato. And I'm like, stop, stop. If I'm going, <laughs> if I'm going to paddle for six to eight hours and burn like 5,000 calories, you best believe I'm going to eat my Snickers. But they ate my Snickers on that one race. I was mortified. Well, it was because we were trapped on the boat and we had nothing else to do. And I did look at them and say, hey, those were those are yours. <laughs> they didn't care. They'd have to they didn't give a you. shit. They don't care about me. <laughs> I had to paddle the damn boat backwards. I was like, oh, man, that's so rough. And you see all that these was... all these people passing you going the correct yeah. way because you're like, damn, I was in front of them. We were in front. We were in the, we were number I know. one on that race. You were number one, but it, when you lose your escort boat, you're done. You have to pull out for safety reasons. Yeah, but it was yeah. it was devastating because we were kicking ass that time. Yeah, but you know the escort boat um, should have been in better condition. <laughs> That's the same boat that almost you know? killed me, though. My, I That's know. the same boat. 
That boat. They like that. That boat. boat will forever live in my memory of one breaking down, two almost taking my life, and three. I think it did survive one Molokai mm-hmm. race, but I I was like, this boat and I do not have a good relationship. <laughs> like it it was with me the whole time for my entire paddling Throughout all career. those seasons. <laughs> but that boat has a particular special place in my heart for almost killing me, but taking me through several seasons of paddling which were probably the best times of my life because it was just it was fun it was a workout and you bonded with really good people yeah i i have to say i met the most amazing group of powerful women uh doing um paddling uh men too but really a lot of beautiful people yeah um well that was unexpected i wasn't expecting to talk about paddling again (laughs) it's always it always creeps up (laughs) it always creeps up. it does but you know if if you want to learn and hear more about it we're gonna keep on having these aloha friday pauhana discussions we hope you join us and bring your drinks and happy new year and we are wishing everyone the very very best sending good vibes out there check us out at mytiesatsunset.com facebook twitter instagram and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts thank you for always supporting us thank you everybody for listening to us and until next time ahui home